0: The title this morning is Standing at the Crossroads in Life. And that's what we want to consider this morning, if we were God, as In so, um, places in our life where we are faced with many different options, many different ways to turn. And quite often, we don't know what way to turn, and that's where the fight for the battle is. So, we're going to be looking at that a wee bit this morning in the life of Abraham. Do remember that as we're considering this man, we're considering his life, we're considering his journey, And in that journey, we quite often see our own. And that's what is behind this bit of a series on the man who dare to trust God, that in him we see ourselves. We can learn what to do and what not to do in certain situations as well. So that's where we're at this morning. So Genesis chapter 12, verses 6 to 10 just this morning. You say, you might be called Abram this morning, you might be called Abraham, but you know who we're referring to this morning. So when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land of the place of Shechem to the oak of Morel. And at that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built there an altar to the Lord, who had appeared to him. And from there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent, with Bethel on his west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram, journeyed on, still going toward the south. And we would end there, We're not going any further. So Father, we thank you this morning for our time already in your presence. And Father, we would ask that, that Father, you would speak to each of us of Christ this morning. But Lord, we would hear what you would say to each of us. And Lord, not only hear, but Father, that we would be a people that would do. And Father, we commit everything to you this morning we thank you for the joy of being in your presence we thank you for being in a, in a place where the people who are like-minded would get to lift up the wonderful name of jesus together and lord you come and meet with us oh lord we thank you for the spurling of prayer this morning where your people reach out to you and lord how are you Lord, in return come and touch our lives so father we we thank you for everything that you have started in our lives we thank you lord that you have first brought us on a journey and we're on this journey of faith and Lord, we pray, Lord, this morning you would continue to guide us. Help us, Father, when we meet them um, situations in life when we don't know whether to turn left or right or go straight on. Father, we pray that you would guide us. Lord, clearly through that leading of your spirit, we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen praise the Lord. Man. So today I want to look at the times in life when we find ourselves standing at the crossroads in life you understand what I refer to when I say they have crossroads? I think we all understand these situations. And as you know, that when we come to a crossroads, we must decide the way we want to go. We can't sit there for too long or there will be somebody blowing the horn behind us. We, we need to know where we are going. And today that is somewhat easy with the technology, isn't it? With Zap Navs and, and, and whatnot, they can guide us easily into alien places. With the touch of a button we can get directions to nearly anywhere in the world. And no matter how good sat and, and, and other means are to help us today, there is no technology in the world that can help us make the right decisions in life and we find ourselves standing at these crossroads. There is no technology. Google, as handy and as easy as it is, does not help us to guide us in these decision makings in life. And maybe this morning you find yourself standing at one of these crossroads. You're unsure what way to turn. You're being pulled this way and you're being pulled that way. And you just don't know what way you ought to go. That can be the case for, for many of us as we journey this journey of faith. And the truth is, I suppose, that uh, every one of us will encounter at some point in our life these crossroads situations. A crossroads is a place of decision. It's, and the decision that, that we make at these crossroads can uh, and do affect the course of our entire life. One wrong turn can, can lead a trail of destruction. Would you understand that? And many of us understand that too well. And That is just the simple truth that if we once start to go our own way, or, or, or take our own route away from that of God, destruction awaits and there's no easy way of sticking around that. Abraham faced many crossroads in his journey of faith. His first crossroads that we know of was the first call that he received from her. He here decided, had to decide that, should he go or or should he stay? Stay where his family and his wife were were, were comfortable and safe? Or should he trust God and and, and go out from his own life? Leave his past behind him and embark on this most wonderful journey, the journey that we know of as faith. The, The first crossroads, that's the first crossroads we see in his life. Then he faced at the second crossroads, that's when he came to Haran. And here he he had to ask himself, yet again, should I I keep going? Should I turn left, should I turn right, or should I stay here for a wee while? And, And what we know is this, that this time, for some reason, he decided to stop. He decided to pitch his tent for five years and go no further. We've already looked at these things. And what made him stop here, we don't really know, but, but what we do know is that Abraham chose to do so. There's many interpretations and applications of why he stopped, But the truth is simply this, that nobody told Abraham to stop here. Only Abraham decided to stop. God never told him to. Nowhere within scripture is it recorded that God told him to pick his tent for a period of five years. So this would tell us that Abraham made this decision of his own bat. Did you ever make decisions of your own bat? I would say every day of the week, I, I wrestle with these decisions as you do. But instead, instead of turning left here and heading to Canaan, Abraham went straight on for a little bit and he pulled over and he set up camp. <clears throat> then we see when God called him the second time to Bede's, we see there this is the third crossroads in his life. And this time he chooses the right path. And that's the beauty that even when we take a wrong turn, we looked at this a few weeks ago. God is always faithful to bring us through. God is always faithful to restore that which is broken, to redirect us and call us back onto the right path. We know they left excuse me, Haran, and they headed to the, onto the land that, that God was yet to show We didn't even know where he was going, but he was on the right track. And that's the journey of faith. We, we, we don't know exactly where God's taking us, but we know we're in his will. We know we're in his place because we've got peace in our heart. We understand something that can't be described. Does that make sense? We, we know when we're in the wrong place. That's us put it that way. We know too well when we're in the wrong place, when we've taken a wrong turn. But equally, we, we also know when we're in the right path, even though we're going to a land that we we're just aren't sure what God's taking us in. But, but here, yet again, <clears throat> excuse me, in, in our text this morning, Abram is facing yet another crossroads moment in his life. What shall I do, next? And does that sound familiar? What, what should I do next? Does any of you remember the group called The Clash? Yeah? Yeah, it's quite an old one actually. 82, 1982 was when they released this. But a bunch of people Let me read a few of the lyrics to see if you pick it up. Now, yeah, it's not a holy song. just <clears throat> Darling, you've got to let me know. Let me know the rest. Should I stay or should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time, so you've got to let me know, should I stay or should I go? That is the ultimate question of life, isn't it? And that is a question as a Christian, you will have to decide, you have to make your way. If you're not a Christian here this morning, don't think this isn't for you. You likewise are on a journey and you too will come to a crossroads in your life and have come to many in your life. So crossroads of life, north or south, east or west, which road will I choose? Today I want you all to decide which path you will take in your own life. Because ultimately that's what it comes down to, an individual choice in life. Will you choose God's way? Will you let him guide you through? Or will you choose your own way and make your own way through? And these are some of the decisions that we each have to make. And the choice the choices this morning is up to each of us. And only you can decide for yourself which road you will travel. There's a lovely verse in Proverbs 3 and it's well known, but it's appropriate. It's written for this part of our text this morning. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. That's when the problems come for me at the crossroads where I try to work it out. And God says this and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and be so. He will direct your path. It's not a maybe, he will direct your paths. So when you face a crossroads in life, church, you need to trust God? You need to get to that place again where you really trust God. Acknowledge Him. We talked about building altars. Acknowledge Him in your life. Build altars to the Lord and pray. And once you've, you've set aside your own understanding of the task at hand, prepare your heart there to, to trust God. And the Bible says that He will direct your paths. We know this, that Abraham prepared his heart. And there is a preparation that each of us must do in our lives. Abraham prepared his heart, and he listened to that inner voice of God, and he was prepared to set aside his past and trust God with his future. But what Abraham wasn't prepared for was the many obstacles that would come his way. And that's the danger, church. We we begin this journey, and when trouble comes, we question God. We ask ourselves, where is God in all of this? And we look at this, am I in the right place, have I misunderstood something? surely it's better than this. Surely the walk of faith offers more than this. And, uh, there is this preparation. Uh, and Abraham prepared his heart, but when these obstacles started to come his way, he wasn't ready for them. And we can see this and we've looked at this. What we know is this, that Abraham is now following God. And the Jewish name for God is Yahweh. And the Hebrew, sorry, the Hebrew name for God was Yahweh. And, and This name is so sick so holy that the Jewish people wouldn't even speak his name. And God is now serving this God as we are. This holy God. And and Abraham, through faith in God, he's now called a righteous man. He's called a man of God. He's made holy, like like this church, the Christ church, we're made holy through Christ. We worship and live for a holy God. Abraham now faced in his life the most grossest sin. He was surrounded by a people who who created a religion to agree and to justify, to justify sin. Every final act that, that could be carried out by man was being carried out in the land of Canaan. This is where, where Abram stood. And this is where many of us stand today. And this great oak tree that, that Abraham stood at as the of Shechem, we understood that as a, a modern-day pulpit, we looked at that last week. And this pulpit was to to glorify and promote every detestable sin that is an abomination towards God. Canaanite worship was then to to lead men into sin and away from God. Understand that. It was to lead men into sin and to lead them away from God. It's open and purposeful. To lead them away from God. Its doctrine is still being taught today to lead men into sin and women into sin and away from God. Only it's not being taught from a great tree. and this is a great crossroads that I've come through in my own life as I considered this. And I'm presenting this to you in a way that we uh, each of us individually have to consider this crossroads for ourselves. Humanite worship isn't being preached today from no tree. It's being broadcast into each of our homes today via the TV. And I've touched this last week and only we briefly touched it this morning. We see murder, we see hatred, we see injustice, we see violence set before the world, set before our eyes, under the guise of entertainment. It's rewiring the minds of the masses. It's teaching men to lust after other men and women to lust after other women. It promotes idolatry with its constant constant advertising. It, it constantly offers many gods for us to worship and to chase after in the form of the New mod And I suppose today the church faces one of the greatest crossroads that it needs to, that it ever face the history, and this is a crossroads that only individually we can answer. And, that, and the question is, do we do we switch the channel over when the Canaanite preacher is indoctrinating our minds with abominations, or do we switch it off altogether? And there's a question that I have to say, when I ask myself, I find myself somewhat struck, <clears throat> because I believe that we're so used to sitting down and being entertained by TV that to live without it seems unthinkable. It's not fine. And again, it's a crossroads that the Lord's got on my We've had discussions, we we're talking about it, and uh, it's wonderful when these things are highlighted. to us. The one thing that I realised 10 years ago wouldn't have been accepted at all. Well. But slowly, uh, we sit onto this teaching. And it's been preached every day in their homes, in our hearts, and the important thing in our children's minds. So um, I'm sure you're as challenged as I am about that. But it's a crossroads, nonetheless, that we need to consider we allow our children to see. But without doubt, without doubt we need to consider our ways, don't we? We're at a crossroad moment in, in Christianity. We're at a crossroad moment, a crossroad moment in, in the West as a whole. We need to consider our ways and what we allow our eyes to see. Let me quote Psalm 101. It's a psalm I used when I had to do my induction preach over in England, one of the most curious occasions of my life to get a plant from this. I just stand before the, the National Leadership Team and mumbled a few words out of a verse, and I chose holiness, and this was the verse. Let me read the first verse, few verses, Psalm 1, verse 3, I will ponder the way that is blameless. blame we consider, what's right in the eyes of God, and what's not right in the eyes of God. It says this, it's on to say that I will walk in my house with integrity apart, that means we manage our home as men, and as women, we, we conduct our home with integrity. We make sure there's nothing in it that there shouldn't be in it. And these sort of things We protect our children, this is what I remember looking at. But then this is what he says, he says, after speaking about his home and being a man of integrity in his home, he says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. He's on to say, I hate, I hate the work of those who fallen away. And Canaanite worship is nothing else but that sort of religion from a nation that has fallen away from God. It's a religion that justifies everything that's of the flesh. And what David was saying, and he noticed when men do no integrity, when they set things wicked before the eyes, they begin to fall away. And I just want to bring that to you this morning. That, that, that they, it's often been said that our eyes are the windows to our soul. And what we let into our eyes often comes out of our mouth. notice that one? It was in our eyes. If we take in, only comes out in some form. But listen, anyway, as Abraham, Abraham looked around him, Abraham looked around him, wickedness stirred him in the face. I want you to see that this morning. And he closed his eyes and he built an altar to the Lord. And that's something as a church we need to consider, seriously consider in life. No legalism this morning. And to follow God is costly. To pick up your cross is costly. no doubt about it. If you want to be a true man and woman of God and shine for Him and win people for the Lord, we have to come out of them sort of things. And it's amazing how I even find yourself cool and really convinced about certain things which you know are no right? I have to convince myself back with the word of God and prove to myself that these aren't great. But anyway, so he built an altar of the Lord. And there he moved on. And we're going to move on to the hill country of the east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel in the west and Ai on the east. And it's been noted here that Abraham never stayed in a house. understand that Abraham was a wealthy man and he could have stayed in a house very easily, especially over the course of his life. But he only ever pitched a tent. And it's wonderful here because the lesson is this that Abraham understood that something perhaps the church needs to be reminded about that we maybe need to refresh our memory about, and that is that our home is not here. In Hebrews 11 and 8, we read about Abraham, and by faith he obeyed when he was called to go to the place that he was receiving as he an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going, by faith again, he went on to live in the land of promise. Glory to God, the land of promise is not simple, church, but it's the land of promise all the same. As a foreigner in a land, living in tents, for he's looking forward, listen to the city that has foundations and whose designer and builder is God. And do you know, something that when I read this, I was encouraged within myself sometimes in our endeavors to serve God, we sometimes forget of where we're headed, and where this journey is leading us to. Abraham understood something really important that he was only really passing through this world. He longed for that city, and that's what driven him. That's where he got us far from God in his faith as he longed for a city that had foundations, not imaginary, not in the spiritual world, not on a cloud floating about doing what you do, but a, a, a real city that has foundation, which is designed by God and built by God, and how wonderful will it be. And we too, listen, live as a farm, as in a foreign land. He touched on this one. Once you become a Christian, you just no longer seem to in in this world. We too live as in a foreign land. And we're living in these tents, and we're waiting for Christ's return. Glory to God. I also want to put it on the right give that map. Yeah. It's not anything too intriguing at all. It's only the map of Abram's journey. It's actually a wonderful map of Abraham's journey. Actually, I don't think we'll see that. Mm. No, we do be able to see it. I was just trying to show you where, where, where Abram travelled just to get where he is in life. And we see it over at the Persian Gulf roughly he headed up up north that road, you can imagine. Up the Ur of the up the Haran, sorry, the out of Ur of the Haran cap. And then he's making his way down south, and this is where he comes to Battle and Ai. And God's called him to go south. And what I want you to see here, which is a ridiculous map, but when I sent it on one, it's a different colour when I sent it. But what I want you to see is this. He's on his way down. Bethel's on his right. AI is on his left. And he's called them straight forward. And the simple instruction is this. Yet again, at a very pivotal moment in Abram's life, he's at a crossroads i want to just dive into this for every moment. We're not going to be too long today, you will of here. Long enough, already. But I want you to see that here, yet again, he's in a crossroads. And if he took a left or a right here, the story of Abraham would be very different. And Church, friend this morning, if you take the wrong turn on life, our destination can and will be very different if we don't take the right turn. Abraham is now on the hill country in the east of Bethel. He's pitched his camp. We are told that Bethel's on the west and Ai on the east. As you can't see, I put down here that you can't see, but as you can't see on the left, is hard and whatnot. But he's travelling south and he's now camped at a crossroads in his life. Bethel is on his right and AI is on his left. So I looked into the name of Bethel, and many will know what this means already. It means a house of God. I looked into the, the meaning of AI and it's referred to as a city of ruin or a heap of ruins. And what I see here is two very, two very familiar roads in life. <clears throat> there's one for the road of God, and there's one that takes us right back to where God saved us from, that place of ruin, that place of destruction that we once called home. <clears throat> and here's what I see, a very pivotal point in this life. And as, Christ, as Christians, there is a truth that we need to understand. And as we follow this journey of faith for each of us, the option to revisit our past will come across often. The option to return to that city of ruins, our old life will come along every now and again. We need to be aware of these things in our life. And there is this part of us that sometimes gravitates towards that city of ruins. Is is that that true for some of you that there's sometimes this part of us that just seems to naturally gravitate towards this place of ruin, this place where God sees us? And the first lesson the church here is this, the pull between the house of God and the world is something that we must learn to control it's real. I also see this as it speaks of balance. I see this road as balance. There's a balance between the world, there's a balance between church, things of God. And it speaks of balance as it does anything else. <clears throat> because too much towards battle, one becomes too headed-minded to be of any earthly use. Never meet people like that. They're so sparsely minded that they'll be safer off in glory because they're already there in their head and no practical use here on earth. So too much towards battle, they become unuseful. But then if we go too much toward the place of ruin, one loses his or her witness. So there's balance here. There's also the danger of not progressing in faith. One thing about salvation is this, that Christians are taken out of the world. They're given a new heart, a new spirit of worship and praise unto God. Then God takes us and sets us back into the world as a light in an otherwise dark place. And you know, I want to say this to you, church: you, shine best when you are close to darkness. Not everybody might agree with me this morning, but I am confident what I am saying. You shine best when you rub shoulders with darkness. You shine best when you are beside darkness. When you rub shoulders with people who aren't saved. When you journey past, out past, not pitch and dance. When you pass and go through places where maybe Christians think you shouldn't go. You shine best when you bring Christ to the people who don't yet know Him or about Him. We shine best when we pass through or pass by the city of rooms every now and again. I can tell you story after story how I, on certain occasions, returned to a local pub that I used to be a regular attender and Actually, I think I owned the half of it. All the money went there. And it was only since Public's Day in Armagh a few years ago when I went in and I got the talked to maybe 30 men that I once they run about with in my younger days and, and they told, they asked me about God. They asked me about church. So, did I have a desire to stay there not one bit? Did I desire to drink? No, and I didn't. That'll lie. I'll <clears throat> But I want to tell you this, I never felt this powerful, but I still do myself. And if you don't agree with me, that's okay, you've got your opinion, but as a man who wants to lead this church to win the people for the lost, are for God, I want to just it would encourage you to step outside sometimes of so your comfort zone and you see the true work of God in your life. Some become Christians and they say they stay close to the city of God and they never learn to flourish outside the church. And I want to say they learn to flourish outside the church. Because we get him and our kids here and protect them we wee bubble and the wee world will come along and rip them out and they be ready for it. Because all the thing is no I have to stay here and we huddle. And that's not living, that's not journeying with God. We have to train our kids to Stand strong in the world. In the world. Go out of the world, stand strong. We can't hide them upstairs. What happens in the recent days? Go out of the world and not with prayer. That's my view and that's what I believe. That as Christians, sometimes we can stay too close to the city of God, place of safety. Listen, Abraham trusted God in all sorts of belief systems and the He trusted God in the face of it. You notice that Abraham wasn't influenced by them, it's quite the opposite. And we must too. We too must learn to live in the world and fellowship in the church to balance. And lastly, at this crossroads, there's a man, maybe, or a woman who has yet to decide what path they will take for God, and this is clear to see. there's a wrestle, maybe, in your heart this morning, I see it, there's this wrestle, that God's way and your way, there's this call, you're at a crossroads, and you maybe know that you need to be saved, you maybe are contemplating the things of God, and you're at this crossroads this morning, and there's this wrestle. I'm going to say to you today that, that to stand no more on the side, I want to encourage you not to stand there and pull over, but, but make that decision this morning. Give your life to God. What, what are you really waiting for? What, what are you holding back for? God promised that he'd take you and he'd bring you on a wonderful journey and he'd carry you and bring you through. And these are some of the things that I want to encourage you with this morning. Each of us to trust God in our life. If you're not a Christian this morning, especially trust God in your life. Let him come and heal your brokenness and cleanse you from your sin. And i said at the start of this meeting. But I wanted you all to decide which, which path you will take in your own life this morning, so better put your eye on Some of you maybe need to step outside of church attendance and edge a wee bit towards AI. Do so you know what I'm saying, Baptist? Do you? you understand that? Maybe you just need an edge or even take a wee bit of a risk on your life. Don't <clears throat> be afraid to shine for Christ in and around the city of ruins. There's others this morning maybe you need to come away from that place of ruin and return to the house of God. You went too far the other road, I will encourage you there again this morning to come back to that side. Maybe there's somebody here this morning that you're somewhat backslidden. Life at once stood as a testament to the power of Christ and His gospel. And for whatever reason, whatever point in your life you've turned away from the House of God and you've settled back in this old way and you found comfort in God. <coughs> city of Brood. and I want to encourage you to come out of that again this morning, which, which, this is a simple message this morning. It's one of crossroads. It's one of decision. It's one that we need to take on board and answer individually this morning where, where we're at. And I believe this morning God is calling somebody's name this morning. It's time to return. It's time to come back to the house of God, and I'm just going to throw that out there. And I believe that, that, that God desires to restore. And we're building broken walls around each of our lives this morning. And the truth has been known that not one of us doesn't need to get closer to the house of God. There's Not one of us doesn't need more bricks built up around our spirits of the kingdom of God this morning. So let's not kid ourselves too much. Um, this world, this keynote worship has taken us cold on each of us this morning. But simple message is this to some of these ones. We come away from the come away from that place of ruin, we don't belong there anymore. Now lastly, I said that a few times, we're on our last few words here. Those of you who have, have yet to come to Christ, I really want to say this this morning, that today is your opportunity. I have yet to get to know everybody here. I don't know exactly who I'm speaking to, but it's on my heart nonetheless. And maybe you're here this morning and you're not yet saved, you're not yet made that public confession. but I want just to just say to you that today is your crossroads, today is your opportunity to do something. And the Bible simply says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And this born again speaks of being born of God's word. But God says when He saves you, He'll put a new spirit within you, and He'll keep you, He'll change you. He'll do all the work in you. And that's wonderful truths of Scripture, that He'll keep you. Because I couldn't keep myself for a day, but He, he says He can keep us if we would give our life to Him. So I want to encourage somebody this morning with that this morning. So, listen, today we all stand at the crossroads. Today we each to get to choose what path we will travel today. Maybe for you this morning, you have an issue with boldness. You want more bonus. I you want more bonus yeah. for things of God. More bonus. I love the Apostle Paul, chained up, locked up, for preaching the gospel. And he prayed to the, the Lord that he give him more bonus. And if you read on a few verses, you know what, you know what was all said. Paul speaks about the house of Caesar We gave their life to God. And what we found out here, that when, when Paul was in the prison, as a light, Roman shoulders these men, it turns out that the house of Caesar got saved. These Roman guards ended up saved and what does that and them. And this is the power that I want to encourage you about, church. Because you need more boldness. We need to come out in the place of comfort, live for Him, and age we it away from that place of safety. So that's you this morning. Ask the Lord to help. Backside this morning, the door to battle was wide open. I was waiting to you God calling you home. Come home this morning. That's not making much more about it. Just come home. You don't belong in that place of ruin. God's a purpose for your life. Come back to him this morning. You're not saved here this morning. Give your life to Christ. It's as simple as that. Give your life to him. Give your life to him. Put your trust in him. And there's, there's a lot of people here who can say you'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. So many peoples on the crossroads again. Many different roads are attached to that, but there's only one way that leads to life. Let me just end with a quote, with a, with a scripture. First Peter, maybe just ask the team just to come on ahead and please just the worship. It is this kind of worship. Time's going all go around the table now. First Peter chapter 1.13, it says this. I'm speaking to you this morning the church. Listen to the words, these are vital. Prepare your minds for action. Now that doesn't say anything about sleeping or sitting down. It says, listen, prepare your mind, prepare yourself, prepare your minds for action. Keep a clear head. And set your hope completely on the grace, to be given to you when Christ returns. So clear your head. As obedient children, do do not be shaped by the desires that used to influence you when you were ignorant. Instead, be holy in every aspect of your life. It's a straight road to church. It doesn't mean we can't have fun. It doesn't mean we can't have joy and laugh. It doesn't mean we hide ourselves in church either. It doesn't mean we fear the place of ruin. We go to the place of ruin and say, listen, that's not the last word it because I belonged there once and now I belong in the house of God. And you didn't know, we need to tap, talk to the place of ruin, call people out of it. And that's our duty as a church. And if you're not saved this morning, the Bible would say you're in that place of ruin. And God's desperate to take your life and make us something. But He can't, because you chose to stay in that place. But He wants to call you to battle, and that's where we need to be this morning. And when this, this term put your minds, per your minds. I looked into that a wee bit. And a, and a simple analogy is this, the definition is this. Put all your thoughts together. And if the church ever needs to get its minds straight, and its thoughts together, it's now, isn't it? We don't know what we believe anymore, we don't know what to say anymore, we're afraid to say this, we're afraid of that. Nonsense, church. The Bible gives us very clear instruction about what right is wrong. Should we be sitting watching Canaanite preachers, on our TV screen, according to record in the Bible, which is said, nothing, wicked, glorised. I have to rest with that as you do. But what I want to point out here is clarity. It's as clear as we want it to be. And the Bible is very clear. There you the know, a lot of things actually. More things have occurred in Should we be living in a backstreet the state? Absolutely no justification for it. We've just chose to take a wrong road. Out of the will of God. Simple as that we have chose to go our own road. <clears throat> if we chose to, to sit on with the preaching of the word of God every week, but did not take a step forward, yet right with God, whose fault is that, ultimately, when we face God? If we, if we, if we desire to, to do things for God or see the church move on, but we say that's not for me, or I'll not partake or attract things from other people do, but we don't need that place of comfort. How can we ever really change this land? I'm 42, come on. and he blink from verse 24, when and he saved I don't know how many years have left. We don't know how many years have left. I could be buried in you. You could be buried in me, who knows? The only problem is I think I'm going to be at your The only problem is you think you're going to be at my it's nobody's down first. <clears throat> but wouldn't it be nice to, to die, and to be buried, and the, the preacher to say, this man, this woman, they lived for God. They had boldness for God. They stood for God. They, they made hard decisions at the crossroads moment. As Paul said, as I shared earlier, many opposed them. And you know when you stand up for God, your greatest opposition is going to come from in the house of God. You know that, don't you? You stand up for God, and sometimes Christians are the ones that... But anyway, straightforward message this morning. We're at a crossroads point. We're at a place in our lives where you need to decide where we're going. And I shared with you this morning about this a crossroads moment in this church when i see the brotherhood around that table glory to god church glory to god all so i can say i'm excited and when you get that in your-